I can't. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Man I Want to Be podcast. My name's Keaton, and I'll be your host today. And I am joined today by my friend Dan. Dan, say hello. How's it going, everybody? Dan is... Let's see, you've been friends with our family since you met Dylan. Yeah, so this would probably be seven or eight years now. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Long time. Dan is one of the funniest people that I've ever met. Um, <laughs> if you hear nothing but laughter from me during this entire interview, that's that's normal. That's to be expected. Yeah. Um, <laughs> brilliant. Very funny. And he also has an awesome story, which is why um, I wanted to have him on a great redemptive story and then a story of someone who never gave up. And, uh, so Dan, before we jump into your story, tell us a little bit about yourself. Who are you? How long you been in Colorado? What do you love? Well, I have, uh, I was born in California. I moved here. I don't think I knew that. Oh yeah. Yeah. What part? Oh, Bay area. Walnut Creek, Contra Costa County. Okay. I actually moved here looking for work when I was three years old, and <laughs> the, the, <laughs> the economy was bad, so I wasn't able to find anything, so I decided to raise my family instead. Do you watch Parks and Recreation? I don't, but uh, I'm a huge Office fan. Okay. Huge Office fan. They're different, but there's this Ron Swanson, one of the characters in there. Mm-hmm. He's the, supposed, like, the super conservative libertarian guy, and he looks at the camera and he goes... Child labor laws are ruining this country. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they are, Keaton. (laughs) Um, So anyways, uh, you know, grew up here in Colorado, and it was was a really awesome childhood. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, great memories of riding my bike out, racing the sunset to get home to avoid a whooping, you know, as my (laughs) mom liked to call it. Uh And uh, um, a whooping. A whooping, yeah. And Are whoopings good? Should parents give their children a whooping? Absolutely. I think, Absolutely. I think so. Because, I mean, I am who I am, but I could be a lot worse if I didn't get any whoopings. <laughs> That's you true. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, think of it as preventative maintenance. <laughs> <laughs> Done. Yeah. So, anywho. Um, yeah, I grew up with, uh, you know, my parents were married until I turned 18 and it was a, a lot of fond memories. Um, I have a brother uh-huh. and, um, yeah, you know, uh, went to elementary school out in the Southern part of Lakewood. Oh yeah. Yeah. Did you go to Lakewood high school? I did go to Lakewood hey, High School. We yeah, went to the same high school. Yeah, I moved out to that part of town uh-huh. my last semester of sixth grade. Okay, and that's when you know, like, I went from being popular to now it's popular to hate me, right? <laughs> so yeah, kids, Wait, really, kids are the light uh-huh. of the earth, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, uh, you know, and then um, just to kind of dive into the darkness here. My grandfather was uh, was basically the the head of our family, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he was a very successful man. He has pictures of him with Frank Sinatra and the Rat Pack. He has an Olympic torch because he was involved with the California Olympics. Uh-huh. Uh, he was in a movie with Robin Williams and Philip Seymour Hoffman. Who, what movie? Patch Adams. Okay. Yeah. So there's uh, so they. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, it was inc- it was incredible, yeah. right? Because I always wanted to be an actor, and uh-huh. then my grandfather's my my last name was on the big screen, uh-huh. you know. And uh, so yeah, the in the movie, 
Robin Williams, Patch Adams has a girlfriend and they, they're running this nonprofit hospital and mm-hmm. there's a psychological abnormal behavior patient that they have and he calls the girlfriend to the home, murders her, kills himself. My grandfather prayed at her funeral. He, he, he was a minister. Wow. So he's okay. got a line and everything. Yeah. But uh, before it premiered, he got diagnosed with Alzheimer's. Yeah. And so that premiere was a bittersweet moment. Right. And, uh, Alzheimer's is a terrible disease. It, yeah. My grandma had a, had it. <clears throat> it is. It's That's brutal. Terrible. It's heartbreaking. Yeah. It's, it takes a huge toll on the family. Yeah. Which is what happened to mine. It was yeah. my, uh, my dad's father. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, and that's when the alcohol abuse really came into my family. Mm-hmm. Uh, father being the drinker, mother being the enabler and uh-huh. the drinker. Yeah. And I just was such an angry kid. Mm-hmm. I was I was hateful. I was mean. I was destructive. Mm-hmm. I got in trouble a few times, many times. Uh-huh. Won't go into too much detail about that. But um, by the end of it... Um, by the end of my trouble streak, I came out of it thinking that I had ruined my life, right? Yeah. I was 18 years old. I had nothing. I had no graduation ceremony. Oh, that's right. Because no you diploma. dropped out of high school, right? Yeah. 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 I, I got the GED uh, after two years of not being in school. So, I mean, with there, you, you know, you could say, wow, no, he has the intellect, but with a lost opportunity for yeah. it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So that sucks, but anywho, keep moving on, right? <laughs> and just, just uh, one step at a time. Oh yeah, that's yeah. Uh, that's too bad, you know. <laughs> and uh, so that's when I started drinking mm-hmm. and, at eighteen. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when twenty one came about, it was, but it was it was really slowly progressing, right? Mm-hmm. You know, it, it was a, a social activity yeah and it was a fun activity and then it started getting to be an intense activity out in society and then eventually um after so many intense social drinking sessions mm-hmm. i just decided to stay home and drink by myself yeah. it, and it wasn't for comfort it wasn't for a nice glass of wine at the end of the day it right. was i wanted to run into walls on my way to bed yeah yeah and uh, so wow. I was, yeah, I was probably on a two or three year binge, honestly, being able to count a sober day with one hand throughout those years. Dang. Yeah, yeah, it was great. Okay. Yeah. Um, but, I didn't realize it was that that intense. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. I mean, I this girl broke up with me when she woke up in the middle of the night, like at three in the morning seeing me taking a shot and chasing it with a beer and that's after you know like yeah. i woke up to do that yeah that's how bad my drinking was Dang. yeah 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 and that carried on for a while too mm-hmm. but um anywho uh so you're at 21 now no no this is this is probably 24 25 okay. where we're at okay. now yeah Got it. i mean 21 to 26 is just it's it's a blur because there i am you know trying to repair my life with just 
entry level jobs. Yeah. And uh, I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life. What yeah. can I do with my life? Mm-hmm. Really thinking that I had ruined my life, right? Yeah. This was my life. Right. And that was a huge motivating factor for my drinking, you know? Yeah. And I would say it was about at the age of 24, 25 that my brother um, almost died of his alcoholism at, uh, from pancreatitis. Yeah. And... Uh, you know, I remembered seeing him there on his potential deathbed. Yeah. Um, pancreatitis is basically your pancreas breaks down and starts uh, leaking all the fluids that it produces into uh-huh. your body. So yeah, it probably poisons the body, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, he looked nine months pregnant. His feet were like footballs. His hands yeah. were like balloons. He was unrecognizable. Mm-hmm. And there I was standing over him, seeing a way out you know so that's when my drinking really got intense i I quit for a day or two Uh that's so we got two fingers yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah. and uh but then it just got insane yeah you know i uh um driving staying home you know, mm-hmm. uh, getting a bottle, drinking it, not being drunk enough, and going get get more. Yeah. You know, and uh, anyways, um, it was at the age of twenty six that my body was finally starting to shut down. You know, I had a mm-hmm. there was this one time we had a company event at a Rockies game, and so my buddies and I we mm-hmm. met up. Where were you working? Men's warehouse. You were at Men's Warehouse. Yeah, okay. yeah. This Did you is, know Dylan at this time? Not yet. Not yet. Okay. Not yet. No. And, um, so we got a, you know, we got a few shooters, got uh-huh. a couple beers, drank them on the light rail from Lakewood, you know, the, the Belmont. W line. Yeah. 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 And I was blacked out by the time we got into Denver, but this was okay. off of a couple shots and a yeah. couple beers. And so something's not right. You're right. But what was scary about it was that I was able to act composed where people were still serving me. My body would come back like my mind would come back and be like oh hey i'm getting another beer see ya you know and then i'd black out again you know i remember police coming to talk to me you yeah. know what i mean and then i was about to argue with them my friend just got me the hell out of there you know? yeah and uh i bet that was an interesting experience it was, in and out it was yeah no it was not interesting in like a good way but just like it was terrifying yeah because um I mean, how vulgar do you want this to be? I don't care. I woke up that night doing a line of cocaine off of my desk. Really? Yeah. And, uh... Honest is good. Yeah. Yeah, like... Well, this is a rock bottom. Yeah, we're not... Needless to say. No, we're not pretending here. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, uh... Wow. My friend was there, and I said, tell me everything. Just like Gandalf. Tell me everything. Yeah. You know? and i was like what did i say what did i do who saw me yeah i remember i'm surrounded by my coworkers throughout the company my regional managers right there i do remember talking smack about rockies fans yeah because the because the fans keep rockies fans are enablers right (laughs) we'll never get a world series if we don't boycott them and i said that 
Maybe a little more eloquently that night. <laughs> <laughs> but not was likely. When, was Monty... So I worked at Men's Warehouse, too. No, Josh was... Josh was the manager. Monty yeah. wasn't? Okay. And, I, and he was newer to the store. Okay. So I remember walking into work that next day, and he was like, why do you look so guilty? I was like, oh, you haven't heard? He's like, heard what? I was like, nothing. I'm just going to clock in, sell some suits. Uh-huh. While chewing gum all day. Uh-huh. But um, then that night, I went over to my buddy's place, and we were playing some video games, and I was drinking again, and I blacked out, passed out on his floor, yeah. woke up not knowing where I was. And that's when I knew, like... and But side note, two days prior to this, that Rockies game... yeah. I had just moved into my first apartment. Okay. I had signed on to a lease. I yeah. was, uh, and that was really my goal for those years of like, what is successful? Well, first I need to be independent, have a car yeah. and be self-reliant, right? Yeah. Yeah. Have my own life. Sure. And so got there, it was pretty rough, but now here I am blacking out in front of my company and passing right. out on my manager's floor. Yeah. And, uh, you know, my dad told me that the next day, you know, you don't belong on the bottle. You don't belong on the floor with a bottle in your hand. And I agreed because that's all I could do at that point. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I just, I didn't drink for a day. Mm-hmm. And that's what was so hard. Yeah. And then the next day it was like, okay, let's just keep it going. Let's just keep it going. Let's see how long this can go. Uh-huh. Now it's been eight years wow. of sobriety. So you just stopped. You just were like, yeah. done. I'm done with this. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Did you have any withdrawals? No. No. Okay. That's why That's why I don't boast or gloat in my sobriety. Yeah. For the first few years, it was a concept that i had to understand but i'm very blessed at how easy it was for me to quit yeah and how hard it was not to judge others right for their difficulty including, right you know what yeah. i mean and um then yeah no withdrawals the first week i met with an old friend um at a bar from high school bachman yeah oh yeah Bachman. Yeah. He's a I haven't good heard guy. that name since I was 15. Oh, Brian really? Brian Bachman. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah he's, a, he's a good He buddy. had a big old mutton chops. Oh, yeah. He could have played Wolverine. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> Loved to fight. Yeah. He's, like he was a he fighter. Was MMA. Yeah. 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 He was very much into jujitsu and Muay Thai. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and so I met with him at a bar out in Belmar and, you know, uh, I remember him asking me, what are you getting a drink? And I was like, well, I'm I'm trying something for a bit. I'm just seeing how long. Maybe yeah. this week I'm not drinking, right? Yeah. And then, so we're hanging out, catching up. Uh-huh. You know, I'm sipping my water. He's having his beer. And, uh, and then next thing you know, his buddies come, and they know the bartender. And next thing you know, there's free shots and free drinks for everybody. And that's that was one of my two or three triggers i've had in the eight years yeah because free drinks is a trigger for everybody (laughs) you know sure is yeah yeah and uh so anyways if i was able to get through that night that was uh reassuring that maybe i can go a little bit longer yeah you know and i will say when i first became sober there was a great 
deal of anxiety, depression, embarrassment, because you, you're because uh, with how consistently, how often, and how much I was drinking, that was who I was. Right. You know, and now that I'm sober for what a week, uh-huh. like that's who I really am. Right. And yeah, yeah. and I'm getting to see that version of myself in hindsight. Yeah. And I'm just ashamed. I'm embarrassed. I'm, you know, that's why one of the early steps and the 12 steps, which uh-huh. I never did. But what's interesting is that through my sobriety, I did them all more naturally and instinctually. Uh-huh. But is to make amends with the people we've harmed through our yeah. alcoholism, you know? Yeah. And, uh, but I'll tell you, when you're you're sober and you realize those things, it's it's one of the reasons why it's in the steps is because it's so challenging to actually, hey, it's me, I'm sorry. Yeah. Like I was in a bad spot, and I'm honestly embarrassed. Yeah. Of how I treated you. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I mean, um, I I have a hard time apologizing to my wife. Do I mean, you? Well, I mean, who? Yeah, a little bit. What did so you I, I'm do? Just, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I can't say. <laughs> but I just I can't even imagine how hard it would be, or how difficult it would be, and how humble you have to be. To no. Apo- to, which is the right thing to do to apologize. Well, you know me, Keaton. I've always taken pride in my humility. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. I am the most humble man. I'm, I'm humble AF. You know. <laughs> um. Uh, some even say that it's actually quite humbling how humble I am. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I will. I'll stop. <laughs> what was so? You're how old when you stopped drinking? Twenty six. Yeah. What was like? And how old, oh, how wait. young are you now? Twenty six. I'm thirty three. Okay. It's so hard because my birthday is August third. Yeah. And then I'd quit September seventeenth. Hey, that was my birthday. So. That yeah. is my birthday. Oh, really? Quit on my birthday. That's a good day, man. We should yeah. party it up. Woo! Yeah, Coca Cola. <laughs> oh darn it! No, I don't. I don't do the brand anymore. Oh. Um. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but um. Yeah. So eight years, 2014. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Mm. And so, what has life been like for you, like since then? What have you been doing? Like, what's the story between 25, 26 till? today well here's the thing you know you you think of a life of alcohol alcoholism and abuse as a challenging life right Mm. but when i quit i started working on myself physically yeah mentally and uh it's been challenging you know what i mean because i want i want to i wanted to improve who i was i wasn't happy with who i was at all from when i started drinking and to when I quit drinking, you know, it was one of the big fuel suppliers of my drinking, you know. Uh-huh. And so just to try to build myself into a better person uh, with how I handle issues, how I approach things, how I understand things, how I treat people, how I treat myself. Uh-huh. Um, it was just a huge life change. Um, and so with that... I eventually found myself, and and still, like, throughout the entire 20s, I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life. It's right. just majority of the 20s, I, there was nothing that I could do, right? Right. 
And then one of my buddies talked to me about firefighting, and of all the ideas that I've had throughout the 20s, that one just would not go away. Like, I never even considered it up until that point because of who I was, right? Yeah. And uh, I never even considered it, and then now that I'm considering it, I can't let go of it. And so I went to school to a fire academy, and then I got hired on with the fire department. Um, now don't go through that too fast, because I remember when you were going through the fire academy. Yeah. There was a lot of perseverance for a year before you even got in, right? If I'm remembering correctly. Are you talking about, like, with Lighthouse? Yeah, I was at Lighthouse. Yeah, and, and, Ethan and was Red there, Rocks, yeah. And, yeah. Um, and it was like, you weren't going to give up on this dream. Mm-hmm. So you were like, working at a restaurant, working really hard to get into fire school, put yourself mm-hmm. through fire school. Mm-hmm. So don't go through all the, those those the perseverance and the steadfastness that you showed during that time is amazing. Mm. So don't go through that too quick. Okay, I wanna, yeah, we want to hear some of those details because I rem- I remember part of it, but I want it from your perspective. Well, I mean, there was uh, there was that fourteener that the four of us did. Uh-huh. You know, Dylan just got out of his high school relationship. You got turned down by Red Rocks for your residency. Uh-huh. Ethan was about to get married, so he was probably the most depressed out of all of us. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. He was the one that was fine, you know? Yeah. And then I was just, you know, um, still a man without a path. Yeah. You know? And so... So we went to conquer a mountain. Yeah, we went to conquer... We were... Three out of the four of us were semi-broken individuals. Yeah. You know? And so that I think that's a, a 14 or that really changed the direction that my life was going because uh, I must have still been working at men's warehouse at the time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, or maybe not, maybe not, but, um, I think you were out of there by then. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, but that's when Ethan talked us all into checking out lighthouse, mm-hmm. you know, and, yep. uh, you know, so I went to that. I, I went to a. I went to Lighthouse, and it was just after the hailstorm heard around the world that caused billions of dollars of damage. <laughs> I, I forgot about that. Oh yeah, no, it I destroyed everything. I think about it every day because my car's windshield. <laughs> <laughs> took it out. Still has yeah, it still hasn't been replaced. I forgot about yeah, that. I'm just not putting any money into that car. <laughs> yeah, Dan pulled up today and didn't have a bumper. Yeah, I was like, here we go. <laughs> I uh, that's that's me. That's a reflection of my past life uh-huh. you know <laughs> uh-huh. but uh anywho um yeah so i show up to lighthouse and it's got water dripping from the ceiling the walls yeah. are pink there's holes you know and it was like symbolic of where i was at you know yeah. if i'm going to try to go to church again because i always yeah. believed i always believed in god i always believed in mm-hmm. jesus you know yeah but I never practiced. I never preached. That's yep. for sure. And I never followed. And yeah. um, so the church just connected with me because yeah. it was just as new and broken as I was. Yeah, you know, mm, and, that's good. Yeah, and then uh, and then they had um, maybe it was just a lunch after the service where everyone was eating outside it was kind of like a mm-hmm. last samurai yeah dancing with wolves moment <laughs> where i'm just like the broken drunken warrior 
I'm not a warrior, but yeah. But I am. Where are you going, Dan? <laughs> but I'm just walking through this community of peace and harmony, of, yeah. of joy and laughter, you yeah. know? And it, it was more of a. Not like, do I belong here, but more of something that I desire. Yeah. Right? You know? Yeah. It's that community. And so. I became pretty emotionally and time invested in the church. I became yeah. a, one of the young adults ministers. Um, we ran the coffee table. That's right. <laughs> we started. It was a, so bad. It <laughs> that was, was a so fun bad. year, though. Yeah, it was we fun. we got to start a little young adult ministry at this church, and we called it the table. And we wanted to have like a pre-service opener. So mm-hmm. Dan and Dylan did a pre-service opener called the coffee table. <laughs> Where they imitated a guy that they used to work with at Men's Warehouse. New York. From New York, John yeah, Benda. John Benda. If you're listening right now, I'm telling you. You know? That, it was bad, but it was fun. It was, yeah, but when Dylan Only and like I, eight people came. Yeah, when yeah. Dylan and I stuck to a script, it was bad. <laughs> and the only person that was laughing was Dylan. <laughs> Just if you want to get to know Dylan pretty quick. <laughs> Hey, that's where and he then, met his wife. Yeah. Oh, uh-huh. I remember the day. Uh-huh. I remember the look on his face. His jaw dropped to the floor, <laughs> and his eyes were wide. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And it's really fun to think of that moment and to connect with the fact that they're married yeah. now. You know, yeah. that's pretty darn cool. Yeah. But it's yeah. Fun, like thinking about that year because like that was a rough year for a lot of us. Mm-hmm. But it was also so awesome. Oh yeah. At the same time. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I mean. When you have those new experiences that are not part of your normal everyday life and you implement yeah. it into your routine, it's it's fulfilling, yeah. you know? And uh, I think that's what a lot of us really crave is fulfillment. Yeah. Some are aware of it and some aren't aware of it. Yeah. And that's why you have the people that are chasing their future and others that are complacent with where they're at, right? But so unhappy about it right. because they don't realize that they want fulfillment, right? You know, yeah, yeah. Just to get deep on that real quick, to get deep. Oh yeah, buddy. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, so yeah, so it was it was cool being part of Lighthouse. Um, eventually, when I got into the whole firefighting thing, there was someone that was part of the, I think it was part of the Lighthouse Church mm-hmm. that um, provided a scholarship for that class. Did they really? And yeah, and I hope, I hope and pray to God that they're listening mm-hmm. so that I can say thank you. Mm-hmm. You guys saved my life. You helped me out in a tremendous way that I could never repay you. And if you're out there, I just want you to know I am making the most of the opportunity that you gave me. It's so good. Yeah. Dude, that's awesome. I don't think I knew that. You didn't? Did did you? Well, well, we we had the group text, the the 14er group text. Was it in there? Yeah. Financial aid didn't approve me. And then all of you were like, hang on, don't drop out. And I'm like, okay. So then I must have. I don't I don't think I remember that. Thanks. No, I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm like, kidding. <laughs> wow, big moment in your life, and I don't know. I'm like, it's my remember. life, not yours. It's okay. Wait, did I just say my life? No. Well, you, you said uh, it, a big, big moment, moment in your, your life. life. Yep. Yeah, but that's Got the key it. word. It's my life. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh huh. But you, you're, you're, you and your family are. We must have been calling. We must have been deeds. calling yeah. Josh and been like, 
you've got to find help us or something. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure Dylan has remained loyal to them and not telling me who they are <laughs> so that I can contact them. You just pestered him. I pe- I still pester him about uh-huh. it. I'm just like, just tell me. Just tell me who it is. It's been three years. I'll pester him. I'll see if he'll tell me. Tell me, yeah. No, I'll just text you. Yeah. No, I don't that think is, I could do that. No, I think it's good. I just hope that this – I hope this finds them and they know yeah. how much they helped me and how I'm making the best of it and yeah. doing everything so that I good. can to to take advantage of the opportunity yeah. that they gave me. You know, yeah. so, so it's, sometimes I mumble. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so then the fire academy was great. Um, had a fire department. I don't want to uh, name the department on the podcast. Good um, idea not to. Yeah, but. They came recruiting to that academy, and um, something just told me, like, hey, I'm going to go for this. And, um, you know, applied, went through their process, and um, started on with them. And, you know, like, I, I was I was still in search of who am I, who am I, like, yeah. you know. And so, uh, so you know, it, it's... It, sounds great firefighting yeah you're doing it you're doing it you know but it it hasn't been easy there's been struggles you know i'm not the you know uh putting yourself through school is hard enough oh yeah it's actually really difficult to become a firefighter well yeah after a decade and a half of destroying your brain cells now going to a 1400 page textbook you know yeah, that thing was and, giant. And I read every page of that thing. I read a 60-page chapter on hoses. <laughs> yeah, it's 60 pages about a hose. And there's many different types of hose. You know, you have your... I'm not getting into that. But, but you know, there was a... I'll never forget this moment near the end of the academy and there was this uh, female lieutenant who uh you know female firefighters they have the personality for the job you know yeah. so she's well, the first time we had a um a drill with her she said i'm this is my name and i'll tell you right now if you say anything stupid i'm gonna smack the shit out of you <laughs> if you're too far from me i'll have your teammates slap the shit out of you <laughs> And then I just lean over to my buddy and I say, sick. And then she said, what'd you say? Someone slapped the shit out of him. So I got slapped a lot that semester, needless to say. But <laughs> I can only imagine how many smart aleck remarks you made. Uh, and yeah. everybody wanted to laugh. And that's couldn't. what sucks about my personality. Like we're in a firefighter boot camp and I still can't stop being a smart ass. You know, I was born this way. This is not by choice. But anyways... <laughs> So after all the, I think it was a four-month class, and after all the slaps that I got, mm-hmm. um, there was just we were just doing review drills at this point because it's coming to the end. And uh, she was going over this uh, uh, operation that we have called ventilation, right? So mm-hmm. you have natural ventilation where you close, where you open a door and, and another door so that air can blow through and right. get the smoke out, make yeah. it more functional for firefighters and then you have mechanical ventilation where it's kind of the same concept only with fans electric fans you know and so and then what's a really fascinating type of ventilation is hydraulic ventilation and it's where basically so you have your um your fog nozzle 
at the end of a hose line so you can adjust it to a straight stream uh-huh. like it like it's coming out of your faucet or you can adjust it to where it's like firing that wide angle fog right. mist right yeah and so you have a window you're in a smoky room you open the window you shoot the stream out of the window and then you adjust the fog to where it's about 90% of the window space uh-huh. and, and you pushes the smoke out you'll watch the huh. smoke leave with it huh yeah and so that day long story long yeah um she asks us how much of how much air do you want covering the door for mechanical ventilation and one of my squad members says 85 to 90% and she was like that's correct and i said uh that's hydraulic ventilation. And she says, someone slap the shit out of this guy. <laughs> Next thing you know, I'm getting slapped left and right. Everyone in my squad took the opportunity <laughs> from start to finish. But can you blame them, really? But anyways, uh, anyways, uh, she said, what did I tell you about reading the book, Rizzo? And then a girl, Natalie, very close friend of mine, she says, Rizzo's read more of the book than any of us. And so she's like, someone grabbed me the book. And I got to slap the shit out of her that day. <laughs> I just I just hit her on the wrist because I don't condone that. But anyways, um, yeah, so that was a little glory moment for me uh-huh. in my younger years. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you did the firefighting. You're still a firefighter. Yes. Yep. Yes, still a volunteer. Yep. Volunteer, yep. And what are you doing now? You were just talking about, talking so about earlier. So I went through EMT class. Um from August to December, got my EMT certification, national and state registry, and now I actually have a IV class here in about mm-hmm. an hour and a half, and yeah. so I get to stick people with needles, <laughs> which really intrigues me. And uh, yeah, and then so from there, I'm going to start applying at hospitals for an ER tech job. I'm actually yeah. talking with the recruiter tomorrow. Yeah. I'm done with serving at <laughs> restaurants. Oh, that's right. Dan has also been serving on the side. No, it's for been years. No, I've been serving. It's been firefighting on the side. Firefighting I'm, on the side. Yeah, I'm a restaurant just, server. Yeah. yeah, just to put his get pay for life. Just to explain some of my personality, yeah. you know, <laughs> <laughs> why I am the way that I am. <laughs> But uh, I'm just so done. You yeah. know, the way I tell people, I, serving is what motivated, motivated me to start running into burning buildings. Uh-huh. And servers <laughs> get it. They get it. But, but, I'm, like, you know. I'm like, I don't get it. <laughs> I was a server for a while, and I'm like, I don't get it. I got to get out of this. I'll do anything to get out of it. But anyways, it's a joke. It's a little joke. Um, but, yeah, so now I'm going to just do a hospital work er tech and then they're gonna oh i hope to find a hospital that will give tuition assistance Mm. for towards a nursing degree yeah and uh go that route yeah which would be awesome yeah so you went from to sum up you went from young alcoholic to firefighter to working towards being it um what are they called? What's the tech called? What's the official ER tech? An ER tech yeah. to potentially being a nurse. Yeah. Um, haven't touched alcohol in eight and a half years. Yeah. No, going it, on eight years. Going on September. eight years. Yeah. yeah. And none of it was easy. Absolutely not. Yeah. No, I mean, I mean, when is life easy? It's yeah. easy when you're not giving it a try. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. It's hard when you want to 
make something of yourself yeah. and chase goals. Like yeah. goals aren't handed to you. Right. You know what I mean? You got to work for them. That's yeah. why people give up on their goals, but they also keep trying or they, yeah. or they try a different route. Right. You know? So from all of that, I'm sure you've gleaned a lot of wisdom insight. What would you like, what would you tell a young man, old man, you know, like what would you, what advice would you give them? Well, I mean, one of my biggest things is don't don't give advice to those who don't seek it, right? Yeah. So what what kind of advice would you be looking for, Keaton? Be the young man. Be the old man. What oh, advice man. would you be looking for? Well, the one thing that, I mean, that stood out is don't you give up. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's hard. Don't you give up. That that Like, you didn't even have to say it. And I was like, man, this guy is tenacious and yeah and uh, steadfast yeah persevered well, like well okay so here's the thing like you know when we go back to my childhood i always dreamt of what am i what am i going to be yep. you know i wanted to be batman but yep. i recently accepted that's just not going to happen Dude, and, don't give up. Come on. You just told a story. I mean, sometimes like, you got to give up on some things, okay, right? right? I gave up alcohol. That's giving true. Up, giving up Batman. Batman right? and alcohol. Yeah. But anyways, like, you know, I, I I grew up, you know, as a kid. I thought, like, I was a, I was the movie. I was the main character in the movie. And so I'm going to be meant for something great, right? Yeah. And then next thing you know, puberty and high school starts. And a lot of kids stray from that path. And they fall victim to temptations and peer pressure and yeah and uh temptation of the flesh you know yeah. and i mean even you can even you know some kids end up having children at a very young age yeah. and all that this and yeah that. so you stray so far from your path and then um but you forget about it entirely. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. It's actually really cool at the restaurant I'm at now. There's a guy that's going to school to become an astronaut. Is he uh, really? Yeah. I said to him, you're the one guy here that hasn't given up on it. <laughs> yeah. We all wanted to be astronauts. <laughs> we just had different ways of getting there. <laughs> Good <laughs> for him. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's pretty cool. Uh-huh. But anyways, you know, it's if, if there's someone that's struggling with their life right now, that they're unhappy with it, maybe they're struggling the way that I did and uh, chemical abuse, uh, yeah. emotional abuse, you know, try to think of what you wanted to be back in that day because yeah. you're still that same person, yeah. you know, and hmm. and realize, like, especially, you know, at the age that I was at, you know, I was drinking 21, th- 2, 3, 4, 5, ended at 6, 26. Yeah. I had all those years to be doing what I'm doing now, you know, yeah. and don't think that I don't think about that. Right. You know, especially when, you know, I, I with how difficult I've made my life, yeah. it makes all the sense in the world that I chose a profession that on average takes seven to nine years to get into. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like, yeah, I'm, yeah. like, it's like, oh, it's noble, but I'm uh-huh. still making life hard on myself. Yeah. You know what I mean? But yeah, it's yeah. in a good way and I enjoy it. All, yeah. But, um, but anyways, you know, there's no point in a person's life, especially a man's life, where he can't say to himself, I need to change what I'm doing. Yeah. And I want more. That's so good. You know? Yeah. It's like, you know, an addict wants more just as much as a workaholic wants more. Yeah. 
they're just wanting something different. It's in our nature to want more. Yeah. But you just got to channel what is it that you want. Yeah. And for me, I just, I want to, first of all, I want to have a career in something that I feel like I'm making a difference, you know? Yep. Some people want to make a difference in the world. I just want to make a difference one person at a time. Yeah. You know? That's good. And, and so, yeah, firefighting has been very fulfilling in that. And um, now I'm stepping on the doorstep of a new chapter in my life. And yeah. who knows? Who yeah. knows? I'm excited and I'm going to yeah. and I'm gonna hit it hard, you know? Yeah. But, um, and I'm 33, uh-huh. you know, doing a career change. Yeah. But And just getting started. I'm just getting started. Yeah. Yeah, I was telling my buddy that the other day. He was like, why don't you just... I mean, he's a good friend of mine, so it wasn't exactly, why don't you give up Yeah. on the firefighting? But he, he said, like, I feel like you've been trying out this for a while. And I told him, because it's been three years, and I yeah. said, like, I'm just getting started. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And that's, and that's actually a huge challenge of our society today is that we have apps for delivery from alcohol food medicine anything anything anything, right and uh and then you have a phone of instant gratification you know what i mean you got people posting pictures of themselves getting instant gratification of what they look like but no one knows who they are right yeah um we just live in a society that's i want it i want it now and i better get it yeah. Or I'm just going to move on yeah. and not care about it. Yeah. And so, you know, I don't, I, I try when it comes to what I'm trying to do with my life, I'm, I'm trying to be aware of the fact that it's going to take time. It's going to take effort. It's going to yeah. take rejection. It's going to take failure. Yeah. And to not let that define me. Yeah. What I want to define me is how I do not give up on those yeah. failures, how I do not give up on the time that it takes, the, mm-hmm. the money that it takes, the rejection that it takes. Yeah. That's a part of life. Yeah. You know? It's so good. I did an episode a while ago talking manhood is, use the word hupanome, which just means steadfast, mm-hmm. and talked about like what being steadfast is like, but I didn't have any good stories to like really describe what it looks like in your story and what you were just talking about demonstrates what it means to be steadfast. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. It takes a long time. You know, yep. the, it's, it's what's, what's weird is that like, you know, I get a lot of compliments of that nature, but I don't feel it. I'm just yeah. me. I'm just doing it. You know yeah. what I mean? Like people said, you're really resilient. And I'm like, Oh yeah. I'm just, I don't know what else to do. The, the what what it's more like think about that first week of sobriety for me. Yeah. I didn't leave my apartment for a week, right? Cuz I was so embarrassed and ashamed. Yeah. And I I've come to accept those years. You know, I don't I I don't I mean, uh, I, one of the things a project that I might be working on here is is hindsight, right? Yeah. It could be just as helpful to look at in hindsight as mm-hmm. it can be hurtful to right. look in hindsight. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because if I look at all the things that I did when I was a drunk, mm-hmm. I'm just going to hate myself, yeah. you know? But at the same time, if I can channel my hindsight to learn from what I did in those days, my thought processes, my uh, coping mechanisms for the rejections and failures, yeah. right? Which yeah, was yeah. to 
get drunk as all hell, right? Yeah. And if I think of those coping mechanisms and, and uh, or even just now through sobriety when I get depressed, you know, depression is a natural part of our lives. Right. You know what I mean? And just to be able to learn how did I get through this bout of depression? How did I get through that bout of depression? Right. So anyways, I forget where I was going with that, but... Um, well, you were, you were like, people are like, you're so resilient, you're steadfast, yeah, and you're like, yeah. no, I'm just, this is just me. Yeah, it's just uh, me. And, and so yeah. what? really what I've been doing for the past eight years is running as far away from who I was as possible Yeah. without um, carrying the weight, right? right? I took that pack off. I'm, I'm zooming now. Yeah, you got you a life to I mean? live. Yeah, I've got yeah. a life to live, and I spent almost my entire 20s. Yeah doing the opposite right you know? i think probably a lot of us think of like perseverance is like gritting your teeth and strong arming it which you can only do for so long mm-hmm. and really it's just this is what today is and i'm gonna get through it this yeah. is what today is i'm gonna get through it and i'm not get, i'm not I'm just not gonna give up i'm gonna do my duty i've got my eye on a goal and i'm gonna do this process this step here mm-hmm. one that, of the yeah. one of the things that i read in my uh emt book is that there, it was a it was a chapter about body posturing and for, yeah. for like lifting and carrying yeah. patients and stuff. So right. they go through the obvious portion of like lift with your back, not your legs. No, I'm just kidding. But <laughs> <laughs> um, but they they said a really interesting statistic, and it said that you can only use a hundred percent of your strength. Like think about it, right? Yeah. Like you used to wrestle or something, yeah, yeah. right? Uh-huh. Right. So think about when you would, maybe you had an opening or something, and uh-huh. you used 100% of your strength. Mm-hmm. Statistically speaking, you could only maintain that amount of exertion for five to six seconds until yeah. until your actual, you could still be trying just as hard, but your body's weakening. It's shut down, yeah. 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 So I kind of think of that, I mean, I obviously I just learned it months ago, but right. I, I but, but seeing that in a mental state, yeah. I think that's what I've been doing for the past eight years. Yeah. Instead of going a hundred percent, yeah, I took the time to think about okay. So first of all, I took the time to fix my mentality, mm-hmm. and then I took the time to take care of my body. Yeah, um, and then I started thinking about well, now what do I do? I need I, I need a career, yeah. right? And so, and then you realize that, and then I have to figure out well, what is that going to be? Yeah. And, you know, for so many years I've been doing this and I love it with all my heart and joy and it's very fulfilling and I'm very blessed to have the opportunity to be a firefighter where I'm at. Yeah. And even now I'm thinking about, you know, adding something new in, you know. So it's just more of uh, not going 100%. To try yeah. to, to try gritted to change teeth. it, yeah, yeah, yeah. gritted teeth, yeah, yeah. Be easy on yourself, yeah. You know, it's yeah. it's, it's everything takes time, yeah. The, except and for the society. If you can figure that out, if you can figure how to be figure out how to be easy on yourself, but also not quit, yeah. Well, have you've you, like figured out yeah. how to well have not only really reach goals but like become the man you want to be. Yeah, absolutely. So. Well, have you ever heard the saying an artist is as hard as critic? Yeah. So is an individual. Yeah. We mm-hmm. judge ourselves more than anyone on this planet. Right. Yeah. You know? And, you know, like with people that struggle with anxiety, you know, that sometimes people 
think to themselves, what are they thinking of me? While they're at home alone, what are these people thinking about me about? You know, most likely those people are thinking the same thing about themselves more than they're thinking about you, you know? Yeah. Um, But yeah, so. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming on. There, there is, there is one thing that there are a few bits of advice that I do want to give. Thank you. Um, I was like, come on, Dan, I don't let you put me on the spot. <laughs> no, well, yeah, but I mean, like, I meant towards, like, you know, I mean, I got advice for days, you know, like yeah. I've been playing a lot of Super Smash Brothers. I got a <laughs> lot of advice for that. Um, People come here because my answers are guaranteed one hundred percent to change their life. See, with me, maybe not for the better, but they will change their life. My answers and advice work 60% of the time Mm -hmm. it'll work every time yeah you know yeah um so if you're trying to quit alcohol Mm -hmm. you gotta ask yourself have you ever thought about quitting alcohol well I I, that's not really no because I don't really drink that much exactly yeah exactly that's good okay but there thank you um but there are some people that drink just as much as you do yeah and which is not a lot at all yeah just for everyone to know um, that think that they need to quit. And uh-huh. so they have, so I asked them, well, what's your reasoning? I was like, oh, I need to save money. Or I want to detox my body. Yeah. Or um, I just don't like the way it tastes, right? These are common, or I don't like being hungover, right? Amen. These are common, yeah. I haven't felt one for eight years, unless I'm working a brunch. But anyways, um, <laughs> uh, anyways, um, that'll be a slow burn for some of our listeners. They're yeah. Have to go back and be like, wait, a minute. yeah, just go, just go to a brunch place and see how they're all running around. Anyways, um, these are all typical reasons why people want to quit. So let's start with, I, it costs too much money. Yeah. Well, what if you get the big paycheck? What are you going to do to celebrate? Right? Yeah. You can afford it now. Yeah. Um, you don't like the way it tastes? Well, here, try this fruity cocktail. Right? <laughs> Stop drinking beers. Stop drinking vodka by Quit itself. Quit drinking IPAs. Yeah. You don't want to get hung. You're tired of feeling hungover? Well, I have work tomorrow, so let's drink earlier in the day. Yeah. So that way I can stop drinking at a certain point in the night and detox and be feel fine when really a lot of people just can't stop drinking right you know what i mean yeah, yeah. but the, the thing point being is that like if you have a reason like um like i was telling one of my buddies the other day what if you give yourself if you want to quit why don't you give yourself a goal like say you want to invest money in something you know you say yeah. it costs so much well why don't you Think about investing your money into something so that you have to save so that you can't spend it on alcohol. And when you get that good paycheck, it's going towards your goal. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, But really, you know, if another thing that stops people from quitting alcohol who want to quit alcohol is the word quit alcohol. Mm. They think about quit. Yeah. And and it's, they think of it as forever. Uh Right. And I'll tell you, you know, I've never thought of this whole thing once as forever. This yeah. is just an eight really? year. This is an eight years. Let's see how long this can go. Yeah. It's still just a challenge. Yeah. It's just another challenge that, but I'll, but it's not like, you know, year one. First year sober, it's great. Yeah. That's awesome, right? Two yeah. years. Whoa, Dan, you're <laughs> doing it. Three years. It's like, okay. And then four years, 
hey, this isn't your one-year anniversary? I'm like, oh, crap, yeah, I forgot. You know, now we're going on year eight. Yeah. And I, it's just nothing to me anymore. Right. You know? Yeah. It's less relevant because of how long it's been. But, you know, if you're really trying to quit, and if you were like me, just think of one day. I'm not giving the cliche one day at a time. Yeah. Just get one day sober. Yeah. Just do it so that you can just take a minute and breathe. Yeah. And, you know. That's good. The next day, you know, start, you know, it's important to occupy your time. If your liquor store is on the way home, take a different route. Yeah. If you're craving it really bad, you know, one of the things I recommended to someone is, Go to a movie theater and just watch whatever movie. Hopefully it's good and doesn't make you want to drink, which is a lot of movies right yeah, now. Yeah, don't go see Star Wars. Yeah, don't <laughs> see Star Wars or Batman or anything Disney for that matter. Yeah. Um, better yet, let's scr- – no, I'm just kidding. But but if you, if you go buy movie tickets, yeah. say 10 o'clock showing, right? Yeah. Liquor stores close at midnight. You're right. You get, you get, you you know, you, you, or go work out or just do something that is going to keep you where you're at until the liquor stores close, do whatever you can, because if that's what you want, you know what I mean? Because it's not about quitting till the day you die. And it's not about that one day at a time. It's just go a little bit longer. Yeah. See how long you can go. Yeah. And have a reason and have a reason to do it, not to save money, not to be hung over. Look at yourself. Can you look at yourself? Yeah. It was getting to that point I couldn't look at myself, especially after I became sober. Yeah. Because I uh, saw who I was. Right. Right? If you you have to have a real reason that I can't give you. Yeah. Because we're all individuals and we all carry our own weight. Yeah. Right. I can't give you a reason to quit. I can't tell you how to quit, you know. But I can tell you that it gets easier over time if you yeah. let it. You know, if you, your mind is trained to think about alcohol and it is not an easy feat to quit. Right. Right. And that's why I don't gloat in it because, and we'll get to this in a second. I do have to close out here pretty soon, but got to get to class. Yeah. Um, but only you can find your own reason. Only you can find your own. Oh, sorry. Only you can. Turn back towards f- sorry, the microphone. Sorry, I'm deep in thought. You know, my <laughs> mind is like a flowing current. <laughs> of all comparisons. <laughs> yes. Just filled with just ideas and knowledge and wisdom. But anyways, I can't. I can't you ruin my deep moment, dog. Uh, I can't give you a reason. I can't give you a method. I can't give you a list of things i can give you ideas i can tell you what helped me you know what i mean but but only you can come up with your reason that's going to make you quit and it's got to be a real reason from the heart you want this change yeah and it's going to be your habits that you're going to have to overcome mm-hmm. with new habits yeah. and preferably healthy habits yeah. because there is a, there is a tendency for alcoholic behavior to continue after the alcohol. Right. So if you're, you know, just because you get rid of the drink doesn't mean you're getting rid of the mentality. So, right. So filling your time with healthy habits to improve who you are. Yeah. Who you, like I wanted to. Like right. who you want to become. Yeah. Because it's not just because quitting alcohol, that's, 
I mean, what about you? Yeah. Do you want to quit who you were on the alcohol? Right. It's got to be more That's than good just, insight. Yeah. Yeah. And then for just advice for people who maybe are a spouse to an alcoholic or uh, best friends to an alcoholic and they're trying to get them to quit. And, uh, you know, there's this book called Al-Anon. So for the spouses, I look, I recommend looking into Al-Anon. How do you spell that? I don't know. A-L-A-N-O-N and Google will fix it up for you. That's right. Yeah. Thank you, autocorrect. Um, yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but we're, but don't let your uh, keyboard on your phone autocorrect it. Like, just try it with <laughs> A-L-A-N-O-N. Yeah. But that's more the A-A for the spouse, yeah. right? Okay. For the victims of alcoholism. Yeah. And um, if you're if you're struggling with this right now, do look into that because yeah. it can help you. And one of the passages from the books that that really resonated with me because mm-hmm. obviously I have a family and I had a life of friends that drink like I do. Yeah. And and this is the lesson that it, that taught me that I was judging people based off how easy it was for me. Right. And not recognizing that this is very difficult for this person. Yep. You know, their brain is different. Their experience is different. Their yeah. lives are different. Their chemical ba- balance in their brains are different. Right. Is when you want to come down on your spouse or your brother or your friend yeah. or your sister um, and tell them what a person they have become due to their alcoholism, they already know. Right. They carry that with them every day to the liquor store. Yeah. They know what they are and they yeah. know how they're struggling and they know how they're hurting you. Yeah. D- judge them all you want. Yeah. I can't tell you not to judge, but just be mindful of the fact that they are carrying that battle with them. Yeah. Especially when, you know, you get that uh, traditional, it's either alcohol or me. Yeah. And they just can't stop. And don't take that personal. You know what I mean? Because I I have someone in my life that will die if they drink. Right. But they still do. They still go to the hospital. Yeah. And I still talk to them. Yeah. Because it's different than my experience. It's different than your experience. Mm. And so be mindful of the battle that they're fighting within and be there for them any way that you can. Don't enable them, but don't give up on them. Yeah. So good. Yeah. That's so good. We call that grace. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Any last thoughts? That's it, man. All right. Well, dude, thanks for coming on. I feel like you gave me a lot to think about that on my 45-minute drive home, I'm going to be... I'm going to be contemplating. Yeah, I have man. to have you back on. Are you going to stop off at the liquor store? No. <laughs> Just kidding. No, I got plenty. <laughs> Just kidding. Hey, well, thanks for tuning in. This is the Man I Want to Be podcast.